friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I am your host, Rachel Gilbert. If you've listened to this show long, you know I'm a firm believer that each and every one of you has extraordinary and unique gifts inside of you. But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing those gifts into our world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Special thanks to today's show sponsor, Hope Writers, which is a community for writers that I am a part of, and I love their teachings, encouragement, and community. Today's guest, Brian Dixon, is a co-founder of Hope Writers, and he shared about a quiz you can take to figure out where you are on your writing journey. Now, I know all of you don't have dreams of writing, but for those of you who do, I would really encourage you to go take this free quiz. You can get it at rachelgilbert.com forward slash hope writers. And of course, that will be in the show notes. Today's guest, Brian Dixon, is the author of Start With Your People, The Daily Decision That Changes Everything. He has a doctoral degree in education from the University of San Diego. He's consulted with universities, publishers, nonprofits, and hundreds of coaching students to help them clarify their message and serve their ideal audience. He's a podcaster, a conference speaker, and a consultant, and he's passionate about helping high performers thrive in a world of overwhelming options. Now, you might wonder, why is Brian on Real Talk with Rachel? I think you might, you might know by now, or uh, you probably aren't keeping track like I am, but Brian is actually the second man that I've had on the show, the first being my husband. And honestly, I invited him on because I've been really impressed with his online presence. He just leads with people first. And anytime I see people who are doing something really well in their industry and stewarding their family life well with it, I just, I want to pick their brain. And I know you guys want to hear too. It's really fun to hear from guys. And so I know you're going to love all that Brian and I talked about today. He's genuine. He's authentic. And we did some real talk about some really fun uh, topics, one of which was why more men are in the online space. So you're going to like his answer on that one. Okay, enough small talk. Let's jump into the conversation I had with Brian. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to get you on the podcast. Now, I don't know if you know this or if I told you, but you're actually the second man I've had on my podcast. Yes, <laughs> Woo! awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the first was my husband, so. Um, Whoa. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So very special privilege here today. Um, okay, I have like a million questions to ask you, and so we're going to jump right in. But before we do get into all the fun questions, I would love to know if you could share one random thing with us that you probably won't see listed in your professional bio. Yes. I did Awanas my whole growing up life. And so for those that have like are faith-based or grown up in the church, you know, Awanas like where you're like memorizing verses and you do all that. So I was a cubby and then a sparky and then whatever like the, the next level is. I don't think I've shared that anywhere publicly. And I won this memory verse award and I got a scholarship to this camp and it was an Awana camp. And basically all we did was like memorize the Bible all week. But we actually had, we had a lot of fun. But I don't think I've ever shared that before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I know there's a lot of Awana fans in the house. That's awesome. Yeah, you yes, definitely probably won't see that in your bio. I love it. That's right. <laughs> okay, so 
People love being inspired by stories of overcoming failure of any type. And I recently got my hands on your book that's coming out here in September, Start With Your People. And you talked about in there that, you know, you had a failing business and then things changed. I would love for you just to share what point was like a pivotal point for you where and even just share what was the failing taking place, you know, that people can relate to. Oh, absolutely. You know, and the the funny part, Rachel, is actually the business revenue wise was actually growing. It was out of a out of the desire to get better mm. that I, I was working with a business coach and he said, you know, if you want to take your business and life to the next level, you do a 360 assessment. Because because the truth is like it's hard for us to read our own label. You know, like like for example, I was talking with a friend the other day and I said something pretty directly and he picked up some tone that I didn't mean. You know, and he said, well, don't say that. And I said, wait, wait, I didn't actually say those. The words that you think I said, I didn't say those. It's the tone. And so I pulled back. I'm like, first of all, sorry for my tone. Let me tell you what I actually meant. And I think that just happens in life, right? As we're talking with people, the what we what we're intending to say and the way they hear it are two different things sometimes. Yeah. So, right. So this business coach basically said, you can't read your own label. So you don't know how you're coming across to people. And there might be something that you could learn by asking people. So working together, we did this 360 assessment, which is an anonymous survey. So you get the secret link. Um, There's a bunch of tools. So just Google 360 assessment. But we got this anonymous link. I sent it out to, you know, at first a few people that we were very friendly. And then I was like, you know, because the Lord, you know, he does that, right? His kindness leads us to repentance. And sometimes his kindness leads us to doing hard things. And so very gently, it was bringing people to mind, names to mind of people that needed to take this anonymous survey to give feedback about Brian, right? So what is Brian good at? Where is Brian stuck? And what? And, and if you could tell Brian anything anonymously, what would you say? That's that's basically the gist of the of the survey. I thought things were going well. Like, honestly, I thought things were going really well. And then I got this feedback. And I skipped right over the positive stuff, went right to like page three or four, which had had the sort of like, where's Brian stuck? Or basically like, what does Brian not know that he needs to know? There are at least three people that said something to the effect of Brian often puts projects over people. Mm. And so even though my business was growing and really doing well, I didn't have return clients. Like people would work with me for one thing and then they'd go on and kind of do it the next one on their own. And I was thinking, oh, like... I guess that's okay. I guess I'm giving away too much. I guess I'm teaching people too much. But the reality is I was actually hard to work with. So people love the revenue that I helped them make, but they didn't like working with me. And that was the hardest part of all because I consider myself a people person. I'm an extrovert. I love hanging out with people. I love meeting new people. But when when there's a pattern, sometimes there's a problem underneath that pattern. And the problem of not doing a second project with people was uh, was what kind of came up, bubbled to the surface as a result of this assessment. And then the same way you guys listening right now, like there's probably a pattern in your life. You know, maybe it's a pattern of you have somebody over for dinner and then they never come back again. Like they don't follow up with you or maybe they check out your church one time and then they don't come back. Or maybe, you know, like they were on a team with you and now they're not on a team with you anymore. Like maybe it's time to ask, is there a blind spot? Is there a plank that I have in my eye that everybody else can see? that I can't see. And Rachel, that was the big aha from that 360 assessment is like realizing that in my drive for results, I was just stepping over people left and right. Oh, this is so good. Now you already hit on, I was going to ask you about the 360 assessment. And I feel like the, the thing I'm curious about is 
Why do you think that, first of all, this is genius to do. I remember when I read that in your book, I thought, man, it really takes somebody who your heart is just in a really good place and you're secure in who you are in in the Lord and different things to be able to just go to people and say, hey, give me feedback. But I know for a lot of us, that terrifies us because there's mm-hmm. there's some of us, I mean, myself included, that's why I'm saying us, that the, yeah. of our... Um, insecurities are super high <laughs> it's really hard to take that it almost can debilitate, like like paralyze some of us you know to totally. get that feedback and so how would you i guess i have two full question here you're like where's the question rachel um the question <laughs> i have is one why do you think so many people put off doing something like this and then yeah, the follow-up uh, question that would be if somebody's like yeah you're right i would love to do this but i'm terrified of it what's a what's a baby step we can give them <laughs> oh, that's so good um it's, it's, it's hard. I, I get it. It's hard. It's like, you know, it's, it's like going, going to like, like a marriage example. Like if I asked my wife, Julie, like, how does this shirt look on me? Or she asked like, how do my jeans look on me? Like something like that. Like there's the truth. And then there's like, what's the nice thing to say, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes there's a little bit of a gap and, and it's about relationship, right? It's a, it's about building somebody up. It's about, are they ready to hear it? And, you know, the truth is, like, after a season of, like, busyness and maybe eating a bunch and not working out as much, like, this shirt is, for me or whatever, it's, like, it's too tight around the belly, you know? And for her to say that in a way that I can hear it and go, oh, that hurts, but she loves me and she wants me to be my best and I'm the only husband that she has. And so I need to hear it, but also do something about it. Like, that takes a certain level of maturity and it takes a certain level of of like confidence in your relationship. And so I know that there's all kinds of wounds. I get it, right? There's all kinds of baggage. There's all kinds of things people have said in the past. And so it can be really, really hard to have somebody speak into your life, especially in a sensitive issue. And I think the reality is we we already kind of know what they might say. I thought they were going to say something like, Brian goes too fast. Like Brian works too much and he goes too fast. But really they said, um, Brian steps over people, <laughs> you know? Those are similar, but different. For us to really live, you know, whatever, it's not so cheesy, like live our best life. But I actually think it's how can I show up in the best way possible? And as a person of faith, I just believe, you know, you have to be a good steward, right? So do the best you have, do the best you can with what you have. So you take your education, your background, your experience, your natural giftings, your Enneagram number, your love languages, like all that stuff mixed together. And it's like this unique blend of you. And I just for such a time as this, I believe like I, I have the privilege of living in 2019 where social media and video and connecting with people is actually a really huge strength and an asset. And I want to be the best vessel right, used by the Lord to encourage people to move forward and to pursue truth and, and, and live their an excellent life. Right. Be an amazing wife or husband and father or mother and business owner. And the way to do that is by me getting out of my own way. And so I've just been reading the story of, of Exodus. I just read Exodus 7, 7, 8, and 9 this morning. And you look at Moses. Like, God used Moses in spite of his flaws, but God didn't let him get away with his, like, p- bad excuse, poor excuses, too. And I think in the same way, like, God is going to use us, even though there's still things in me that, that are going to get in the way of the message. But as much as I can be available and at, at least the big planks in my eye, at least the big things that come across in the wrong way. Like if I could get more excellent at what I do, 
by the way I communicate, the way I uh, eye contact, the way I listen to people, if it can help get the message heard, then it's worth the investment of time and maybe of a little bit of humility to you to be a little bit introspective and to fix some things that's broke that are broken. Like the reality is like we all have baggage, right? So I love sarcasm. Here's a really specific example. Sarcasm is hilarious. I love sarcasm. I have learned that sarcasm actually hurts a lot more than it helps. So I've decided, period, end of story, I never will use sarcasm ever again. Sarcasm, it does not have a place in the Dixon home, does not have a place coming out of my mouth because the tongue is the most powerful weapon in the world. And even though in, a, in the moment it might be funny, years later, people will remember what I said. And I want them to remember me for somebody who built them up and not somebody who tore them down. And so just as an example, I had to have somebody say to me, to me Brian, sometimes you're a little too sarcastic. Ouch. But what can I do with that feedback, right? I can, I can go into a puddle and be sad about it forever. Or I can say, you know what? I think, I think he loves me or I think she loves me. I think she, he or she is right. And what can I do to move forward to better serve people? Yeah, that's so powerful. And I love that you brought up just the point that, first of all, asking people to speak into our life, giving people permission to, you know, because that's something that I think a lot of times why we won't share with people what we see is because we don't feel like we've been given the permission. So that's what this exercise does. But then also, I think I know for me, you know, being an online influencer and whatnot, as you know, we get feedback positive and negative, you know? And all so the all the time, it's just ongoing. Even if you don't ask for it, you're getting it. So I have learned that I have to, before I open emails or before I look at reviews or whatever, I have to be in a good place. Just like you mentioned, am I even in a good place to receive this? You know, whether it's sure. negative or positive, am I in a good place? So that would be, I love that you brought that up too about, is the person even, are they able to receive it yet or not? So yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to move on because we have so many more things to get to. I have a question about you being a work from home dad. You work at home, right? Like yes. always, right? Love it. Uh, okay. I'm in a closet right now. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I would really love to know how you balance your work and family life without your kids and your wife growing resentful to what you do. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great question. And it's been six years now. So full-time online, six years working from home. And 14 years before that in my career, it was, you know, get up, get ready, get you know, get dressed and leave the house and then be gone all day and then come home uh, at the end of the day, pretty exhausted. And just looking at the opportunity that the Internet provides and realizing that you can actually serve a lot more people by not going to a physical work environment and just in making the online, right, the Internet, your work environment. It was when we had our second child, our daughter, that I was like, I got to get home. Like, I got to find a way to make this thing work. I was running a school, uh, a charter school. I think we got off on like the 20th. And so I had a little bit of time right before, you know, before the Christmas break with her. And then I had the whole Christmas break. And then I had a little bit more. So I had like this ridiculously long time with her. And she is just my heart, you know. And I, and I realized like, if I can make the income work, and keep serving people and keep like working in my zone of genius, like what I'm actually good at, I want to try to make the jump to online. And it's, it's really tough. So for those that haven't done it, like it takes a while to figure out what works. But working from home has been a joy. I learned from a lot of the best that are out there of like what, what works. I think just a couple really practical tips. Number one, to have uh, an isolated space, just to have one space that the kids are not allowed in. It's your office or it's your closet. Like I literally work in a closet. And they just know when the doors close, they're not allowed in. Like they're not allowed to knock. They're not. I mean, unless they're bleeding, they're not allowed in. You know, 
So that's that's good. That's good and helpful. Um, number two is I, I treat it like I'm going to work. So even though I run my own thing, you know, we have a couple companies that we run. I can I completely manage my schedule. I treat it like like I'm the best in the world. Like if I was the best in the world at what I do, how would I manage my day? I would number my days, right? Teach us a number of days, so we'll gain a heart of wisdom. So I want to live a heart of wisdom, and the way to do that is to completely back to back schedule my day. So if you look at my Google Calendar. It is from 8.30 to 5 o'clock every day, 15-minute or 30-minute windows, and just completely booked up. And so at 8.30, I hug the kids, and I go to work, you know? And I'm there the whole time. Now, for those that are working part-time, same kind of deal. It's like, how can I say, this is my four-hour dedicated time or two-hour dedicated time, and really make it a dedicated time. Be wholehearted in what you do. So that's probably tip number two. Number one, have a dedicated space. Number two, uh, be wholehearted in what you do. So... I found that, you know, multitasking doesn't work. So for me to try to do work at the kitchen table while I'm also feeding the kids or whatever, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. You're either at home or you're at work. And when you work from home, you have to choose where are you. And for moms, I know there's a lot of mom guilt happening right now and listening to this. You're like, here's your guy. You don't get it. Like I work with so many women. Most of my coaching clients are women. You've got to give yourself permission to be fully engaged in the one thing that you're doing. And so having that dedicated time, whether it's, late at night, early in the morning, when the kids are napping, whatever it happens to be, is also really helpful. Uh, and then number three is the kids are part of it. So I talk about in the book, your kids are not your liability, they, they can be your legacy. So for example, when I leave the home, like to go to an interview or to go on a trip or something, like my even my little three-year-old, he said this, I, w- I was in Orlando this last week, and I'm leaving, about to get in the Uber, give him a hug, and he says to me, are you going to see the Hope Writers? Like he knows the name Hope Writers because I talk about my work with him and and he knows how important it is, even as a three-year-old. My nine-year-old gets it even more. So like bring your kids in the conversation. You can even say things like, you know, the the book is coming out in a few weeks. And so daddy feels a lot of extra pressure. So if I'm uh, if I sound upset or angry, like let me know. And I don't mean, you know, like tell them about what's going on. Like, hey, we've got a big launch coming up. And so I'm going to be missing this thing, but I'm really excited because then we're going to do this thing together. So when they understand, just like a work, like a normal work, when they understand what season of life you're in, kids can be really flexible. Like they want to be included. They want to be part of the team. And so include them. So those, those are probably the three tips I'd share for working from home. Oh my goodness, that's so practical. Thank you. And I really love, um, I loved all the, the points, but I really like what you said about treating it like you're going to work and like really giving it that dedicated time. As a work from home mom, I can relate because I know I have to just make myself like get ready for the day, you know, because you'd be tempting to just stay in your PJs and work and it's not the same mentality, you know, so uh, which, yes. you know, no judgment if you like to stay in your PJs. You know, sometimes I'm a bu- business on the top party on the bottom when I'm doing these. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah no. um, but also I have found that, uh, you know, the more dedicated I am towards exactly like what you said. And I think this is applicable to life period. When you're focused on what you're doing, it actually, it's more valuable anyhow. So I know with me, with my kids, the time with them is much more valuable than if I was just spending all of my 24 hours in the day with them. So anyhow, um, that's really good. Okay. On the topic of family, I did want to ask you about your wife. I don't see much of her online. I just like to know the behind the scenes. Like, does she like the online space or what's her thoughts on everything that you do? Yeah, I know she's a supporter, but <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I think it's, um, I think they're different kind of couples. You know, I'd, I'd compare us uh, 
just you know the the way that that Dave and Sharon Ramsey uh, kind of run their their business. Like Dave's the Dave's the the big outgoing and uh, enthusiastic personality, and Sharon's like way more behind the scenes. And I think that's sort of the model that we're following. There's others that are they do it together, and they like they both blog together. Or they're they're like the Instagram couple where they're like sharing photos and everything together. Julie did a little stint as like a fitness coach. You know, she's done, she loves health and fitness and she loves encouraging women in that. She's very wise. She's amazing about how do you manage your home? How do you build authentic relationships? You know, and especially when it comes to growing in your faith. Uh, but she does that in more, what's the word? Like I'd say maybe, maybe more private ways. So she has deep friendships, uh, but yeah, her Instagram profile is private. You know, you have to know her in order for her to accept it, you know, for her to accept you into like following her stuff because she shares a lot about the kids. I think there's a season for everything. And so we're sort of in a season of Brian being on stage, you know, if you will, or being being in front. It's probably the most natural, you know, arrangement for us because I think there's every couple does a little differently. Uh, I've been interviewing couples for a summit we're working on called the Power Couple Summit. And some couples are like both of them show up and they're very like vivacious and and exuberant and enthusiastic. And uh, and others, it's like just the just the one spouse shows up to the to the call because the other one is like way behind the scenes. So I'd say for Julie, she's an Enneagram one. She's a reformer. So and I'm a three. So I'm an achiever. So I'm always like trying to put stuff out and trying to make connections. And then what's amazing about Julie is she um she like helps me take it from like a 90 to a hundred percent. She's not the big picture thinker person, you know, like the creative out of the box kind of figure like I am, but she's the one to like help me do that final look over like that edit or like, especially when it comes to something visually or tone. Cause I work with a lot of, you know, females and the way that I'm saying words that sound like fine to me sound maybe a little too snarky or a little too over the top to somebody else. And so having Julie, like, review things before I, before I share them can be really helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, you know, really the main reason I ask is I am always very interested when I find somebody online that I look up to and you're one of those people, I'm very interested in what their home life is like, because to me that weighs, you know, whether or not I can trust the advice you're giving out. Cause you know, there's some that are non-negotiables for me, you know, in, in who I let speak into my life in that way. And so my husband is actually same way. He, He's on social media to see what I post. Like if you go uh-huh. follow him, he's, right. he's made one post and it's like his profile picture, you know, um, yeah. not, not, a, not a big, that kind of guy, but he's super smart with business, like beyond mm-hmm. business smart. And so that's, that's, he's my brains, you know, he's the one going, nope, oh, can't do this. Yes, you can do that kind of a thing. But I am curious on this topic of, I personally would love to see more godly men rising up in the online space. You definitely see it's very much more women, which that's great. You know, a lot of us have voices and everything. But even with my husband, he is an excellent writer. He doesn't have any desire to be like the face of things. Um, But he does have a heart to like speak into men's lives, you know, in in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if you have any theories or understanding of why more men don't go in the online arena and maybe what we could do to help call them yeah. out in that. Oh, I love it. We could spend an hour talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a couple things, I think, especially in the, in the faith-based worlds, I think that, you know, men have, I mean, I'm, I'm going in some da- dangerous territory here. So just FYI, show me grace, please. Especially those listening, show me grace. I think at least in 2019 America, you know, 
mostly it's male pastors, mostly it's male leadership in churches. Um, I'm not going to share a stance on that. I'm just saying that that's, that's mostly how it is. And so I think, um, women have found a way to share their message and share their faith in a way that's not as a full-time vocational minister at a traditional church, which is where the online is, the online world is very accepting. And so that's where I think, especially faith-based blogs have, have sort of taken off. So there's that's one factor. I'm just going to call it the factors, not necessarily state my opinion on the factors. 80% of books are, are, are read by women, purchased by women. And so it just makes sense. Like books by women do better than books by men, mostly, except in a few specific categories like history and business. And I know somebody could share stats that would show data against that, but generally that's true, right? So this is a, this is a blunt number, but that's generally true. Um, so the sales speak for themselves. You know, if you look at best-selling books, especially in the inspirational faith-based space, mostly they're written by women. Mostly. There's obviously tons of exceptions to that rule. Um, and then number three, I think women are naturally more uh, of connectors. You know, it's more relationship-based. Uh, and again, forgive me, because I'm speaking very in big generalities, uh, but mostly guys are thinking about like, let's just get the work done. Let's just get the results, which is a flaw of mine as well, or, or at least a proclivity of mine. Let's get the results. Let's let's build the thing. Let's get it done. Let's, you know, and, and so much of the online world that's connecting in 2019 uh, is about personal relationships. It's about authenticity and vulnerability. Two words that I avoided for years, two words that are really impacting the way that I am seeing the world now. Um, but I think, guys, we don't naturally want to talk about our feelings or being vulnerable or being authentic. Uh, but the truth is, you know, I work with mostly women. And so I needed to find a way to actually share, actually figure out what do I feel first? Like, I didn't even know what I felt, you know, and like to figure it out and go, wow, that actually is something that can help and can connect with people and can encourage them. So I think those all those factors I think all those factors are leading to where you see less less men generally sharing things online. But I I think that the male voice is needed. And in 2019, with things like, oh my word, I mean, I'm just trying to I try not to ever get political or too too you know take a stand theologically because I I want to be a big tent guy, right? I want I want to invite people into the tent, let Jesus figure out where where they should sit or whatever. <laughs> like let's just invite them in. Like that's just sort of my mentality. But I think in 2019, it's been really hard. See, I can't even say the sentence out loud without feeling like I'm going to get criticism. But 2019 has been a weird year for, for white men. It's just been a weird year. I was at a concert, secular concert the other day, last weekend. And there was a lady behind me that had a t-shirt that said, I'm tired of hearing, no, I'm tired of being led by old white men. Big, mm. big shirt. That's like the shirt said that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an old white man one day. Like, uh, can you imagine if I had a shirt that said I'm tired of hearing from young black women? Like, what? Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, but that's not equality. That is not what equality means. And so um, I think guys are actually kind of freaked out a little bit, like probably in a good way, because we're thinking a little bit about like, how do we come across and what do we say? And obviously, like, there's been a lot of wrongs that have been done. Okay, I I, I get it. And, and I don't even know the privilege that I live in every day. Like I but but th you hear my confliction like yeah. it's so it's so hard to figure out how can i share something as a conservative white guy who loves jesus and completely is head over heels in love with his wife and believes like one wife for life like those are i almost posted this yesterday um i almost posted like 
just on my Facebook profile, one wife for life. Like that's the way I, that's the way I want to live or something like that. And I just, I stopped because I thought, oh my word, there's going to be such a, let's just long list of all the comments with all the exceptions to that. And so I think it's just, it's probably easier just not even get involved. But the, but the truth is, if not me, who, right. And if not now, when, and what did they say? Like the, um, Oh, it's an old quote from like World War II. And it's like the only thing to prevent evil from from taking over is for good men to do nothing. Yep. And so I think in the same way. Okay, so here's the point of this long diatribe. Mm-hmm. Okay, as a guy, if you're a guy listening to this or as a wife who wants to encourage your husband to share his message online, the truth is you've got to get in the you've got to get in the arena, right? Mm. You just got to get in the arena. You've got to start somewhere and it's going to be a messy beginning. It's going to be it's going to be timid and it's going to be fearful. But once you start doing it, there is so much freedom. So I know this for a fact. As as a Christian guy, I've had, you know, gay guys reach out to me and say, thank you so much for sharing your faith. I've had I've had lesbian women reach out to me and say, thank you. Thank you so much for being a man of integrity. Like that kind of thing that just wouldn't happen if I wasn't putting myself out there online and, 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 you know, and, and as my thing grows, like you were mentioning before, you get more, you get more negative comments, but you also get more, um, more, more positive and more and more uplifting ones as well. So, so here's sort of my philosophy to kind of sum it all up. Instead of talking about what I'm against, because there's a long list of things that drive me crazy, right? Instead of that, what I'm trying to do is find things that I love and support and want to build up and just help build those things up. And mostly the way I do that is a little behind the scenes, you know, just like messages to people like yourself, like, hey, Rachel, I think you're doing an awesome job. Keep going, you know, and just realizing like we live in a time where women have such a voice of influence in our culture. And I think it's a wonderful thing. And as somebody who is a strategic thinker and a growth minded person, I'm okay not being at the front all the time and helping encourage amazing female messengers to live in some confidence and to understand some strategy. And I'm here to help them with that. But every once in a while we get called to share our own message too. And so when I am, I want to move forward in faith in that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. This has been so good. I know what you're talking about is just so relevant because I speak to a lot of women who Mm -hmm. they feel like their husband could or would want to do something in this space, but for all the reasons you just listed, they don't. So here's what we need to happen, Brian. I'm going to need you to lead the way (laughs) for men and like start some kind of mastermind just for men or I don't know, just something. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just planting this bug in your ear and my husband will be one of your first people because here's my thoughts is I'm just like you. I, I love that women have a, have a place to share our voice. Like I love it. It's awesome. But Mm. I know for me personally, my husband and his wisdom that he has poured into me is why I am who I am today. That's and right. it's that kind of stuff that makes me like, hey, dude, you have some really awesome stuff to share, too. Like, guys, guys need to hear this stuff from another man, because my husband has told me this multiple times from a male perspective. And I won't speak for all the males, but from his mm-hmm. perspective anyways, that there is a difference in the way you receive something when it's man to man versus yeah. woman to man, you know, and it's just, just like woman to woman is different. You know, it's just different. Um, just like if you try to tell me how to be a mom, I'd kind of be like, okay, right. well, right. you know, thanks. Yeah. But, you know, so I feel like it's kind of hard for us women to, to like speak some, some things into the men's life that needs to come from a male figure in their life. So 
Okay, mm. down off this soapbox now. <laughs> we, <laughs> apparently, we were a little um, excited about that topic. Um, okay. Okay. Please don't shoot me, everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, okay, we got to start wrapping this up. But one thing about um, that I have seen you, it was in your book, but then I've seen it online. And one of my favorite quotes that you say is that what's obvious to you is magic to other people. And I, I just love that quote. It's just really powerful. But I'm curious when you realize that, like what's obvious to you and if to somebody listening today, how would they be like, how could they figure out what is obvious to them? Does that make sense? That's so good. Yes. <laughs> well, think about that, right? Your, your education, your experience, your background, that your connections, your, that internship, that summer in college, or like that job you had when you were in high school, like all that's come together in the unique blend of you. Like it's who you are and you don't know any other different way. It's just who you have become. So here's a, here's a really quick example. I was working with, you know, a blogger who makes at least, you know, multi six figures a year. So maybe 200, 300 K a year, really big following. You'd know her name if I said it, two best selling books. And there was a cultural event happening that she wanted to send an email to her list and say like her thoughts on this thing. And she didn't know how to send an email to her list. Wow. <laughs> All she knew how to do is to post on her blog and then it would go to her list. She didn't know how to send it just one email directly to her list. For me, I'm like, that's the most obvious thing in the world. You just do this and you just do this and then you do the thing and then you press the thing. Like, I know how to do that. That's what's obvious to me because I've worked with a number of clients in all kinds of different emailing platforms. But here's the thing. I wasn't born knowing how to send emails. You know, it's just because I learned it the hard way. Everything that we do, we learn the hard way. So you as a mom listening right now, or you as a homeschool mom listening right now, or you as a, as a work from home mom listening from right now, uh, there's somebody that's three, five years behind you and doesn't know how to do what you do, is about to have a baby for the first time and doesn't know all the things, right? And But you know those things. And so you can help her skip the line. You can help her skip the learning curve when she's looking at like, what stroller should I buy? And what kind of... Uh, classes should I sign my my kid up for and what kinds of nutrition and what kinds of family routines and and how do I communicate with my husband about this important issue and how do I deal with my mother-in-law about this thing and how do I reach out to my neighbors like all the things that you do every single day is obvious to you but it's magic to somebody who's never done it before so here's a quick exercise what I would do I would say, imagine, I call it the little niece test. So imagine your, your little niece, you know, is going off to college. We're, we're filming this in, in August as school is starting again. So your, you know, 17, eight-year-old niece is about to go to college. She sits, sits down on the front porch with you and says, Aunt Rachel, um, I'm about to go to college. And I just want to know, like, what does it mean to, like, be a godly woman? Can you just tell me, like, what do I need to do or what do I need to, like, believe? Like, where should I start? And you're like, finally, she's asking, like, this is amazing. What are the things you tell your niece? Like, that's your obvious magic. What, what, what would you say to your little nephew about how to do what you do? That's a good place to start. And so do that as an exercise and just write it down and go, well, I tell her about like some tips on dating and I, some tips on doing well in school and some tips on building relationships and things not to worry about and things to really pay attention to. And you just start writing those down. And as you look at it, you're like, wow, I actually know a lot of things. And then you look at it and you say, who could this help? Because there's somebody that's struggling right now. And, you know, God could easily have like done the manna strategy, right? 
and just drop knowledge every day. We get like the daily report from God and he just tells us what to do every day. Like he gives us his agenda. He could have done that, but instead he taught it through other people, right? So he is looking to us as his hands and feet to inspire and encourage other people. And so that's a really good place to start. I love how all of your answers are so practical. Thank you for that. Um, okay, so we're going to wrap up. I still have a whole list of questions, but sorry, guys. Here's here's the solution, though. Every one of the questions I had listed are in Brian. The answers are in Brian's book, Start With Your People. So you need to just go buy it. And that way you'll still get all the answers to the questions I was going to ask him. Because you're just, I, you could talk for an hour here. One thing I am curious about that in your book that you talked about in the friend chapter, you have a quote in there that says, behind every communication problem is a sweaty 10 minute conversation you don't want to have. I laughed out loud on that because I'm like, yep, like I think we all can relate to that. I'm actually in school right now studying to be a counselor and we call it instead of confrontation, we call it carefrontation. I don't know if you've ever heard oh, that like phrase. That. Yeah, sure. And so I'm curious if you have any advice to people listening who want to be better communicators, but they're terrified of carefrontation. Oh yeah. Well, that's, that's a real thing. Right. And, and go back to Exodus. Cause that's what's on top of my mind. Cause I was reading this morning, like, like Moses had all the excuses and he said, like, I'm, I'm not very good with my words, you know? So I, I we, it's just practice. You know, it's just like riding a bike. If you've never ridden, like I like riding skateboards. So if you've never ridden a skateboard, you're probably going to fall on your face. And if you've never done a Facebook live, you'll probably fall on your face. But you know that that's just the tuition to excellence, right? That's just the cost of getting better is falling on your face a couple of times. Now, make sure you wear a helmet, right? Make sure maybe you watch a couple of YouTube videos or, or have a coach to help you. So there are ways to do it that you can learn from people, but you're not going to be an expert the first time you do it. Right? Life is not American Idol. It's 10 years to an overnight success. So anything that you're doing, it's just a matter of practice. I actually took a, my, my dad's a preacher and, you know, and I, I do a lot of speaking. And so for fun, this is like three years ago, he and I signed up for a stand-up comedy class. Monday nights, seven weeks in a row, we learned how to write jokes for like stand-up, right? So like a secular comedy club. And then the eighth Monday, we had the showcase where we got to do our eight minutes set. And I, my, both of ours, my dad and mine is on YouTube, right? And so embarrassing. And we look like such rookies, but we were better week eight than we were week one. Like we, we found somebody that was excellent at what he does. He taught us how to write jokes. We practiced, practiced, practiced and got pretty good. And so in the same way, whatever it is that you wanna do, for example, having a difficult conversation or a carefrontation, one of the best things you can do is just start doing it. Like start with people that are close to you or asking people for that feedback. But I just want to live in such a way that is just a continual refinement, right? And so just you think about the way God works with us, right? It's through his kindness. His kindness leads us to repentance. And he's continually sanctifying us, which means slowly making us holier, if you think about that, right? So in the same way, that's how I want to be in 10 years from now. Rachel, when we have this conversation in 10 years when I'm having, you know, my my fourth or fifth book coming out, like I want to be a different person, mm-hmm. you know? I want to look back on this conversation and go, wow, 41-year-old Brian did not know anything <laughs> because of what I've learned in the last 10 years about yeah. the way I talk and the way I come across and the examples that I use, et cetera. So I think we need people in our lives to talk about this in the book, having a mastermind group that can speak life into you, but also call you on your stuff so that you can better serve your people. 
Oh, that's so good. I love how you said that's tuition to excellence. Yeah. My husband and I joke about that a lot, the 10 years to overnight success, because we've actually owned our business. It'll be 10 years this coming year. And and that's what people think. Oh, you guys are overnight success. We're like, no, you weren't there for the first like first several brutal years of that. So I'm glad you said that. Okay, so we're going to finish here, but I did want to bring up that you said you do a lot of speaking. You're actually going to be speaking at the Declare Conference this fall, which I am um, on the host team for that. So we're excited to have you there. I'm curious if you want to share what you're going to be speaking on. You don't have to go into great detail or anything, but what topic? Do you know yet? I, I probably, they, they probably figured it out. So I'm not exactly sure, but you know, one of my little strategies, what I love to do is I love to not go first. Uh, and so, uh-huh. right. So I spend time talking to people in the hallway yeah. or talking to people before sessions and finding out where they're stuck. So generally what I do is I help people with the three legs of their online business. So their audience, their message and their products. And usually my talks have something to do with that. So either getting clarity about all three, which I call your mirror manifesto or your personal mission statement, uh, or we dive into deep on one of those three legs to the stool. So it's probably going to be on the the messaging part or developing your products part. But it's whatever that the uh, yeah. you know whatever the conference needs. Yeah, yeah. and I know you're going to be taking appointments too, right? While you're there. So fun. Yeah, I so, love it. The yeah. best part. Yeah. So my Texas friends or those of you who are coming to Declare, you'll get to meet Brian in person. That's exciting. And then you're also co-founder of Hope Writers. You want to share any about that? Absolutely. You know, our goal with Hope Writers is to become the most encouraging place for writers on the internet. And so the way that we've done that is we've we've kind of figured out, you know, Emily's written six books. I'm on my fourth. Gary's written a few. So we figured out there's six stages in the writing journey. It's just six, you know, and writing can be really overwhelming and really discouraging. But when you know, oh, I'm on stage two, and how do I get to stage three? And so we have a quiz on our website. You just go to hopewriters.com slash quiz, find out what stage you're in. And we provide content, resources, encouragement to help you move from one stage to the next stage because people don't quit when they're making progress. So that's our goal is just to help writers make progress. And when you turn towards your reader, when you serve her well, when you're making progress, you don't quit. And that's that's the biggest challenge with writing is wanting to give up. And so I, I see sort of my mission to, in the world is to be an encourager to the encouragers. So as long as I can help encourage you to not give up because you know, your reader needs you, your reader needs your message and your message, your message, the thing you're going through right now, because some of you listening right now are going through a really hard thing, right? Losing a child, losing a spouse. My, my neighbor just passed away last week. He had a heart attack and like he's 42 years old. He had a heart attack. So someone I'm trusting, like we have a relationship with his, with his widow now, right? And we did before, but we have a relationship with her directly, but I'm, I know she's turning to Google. I know she's going to Google yeah. and she's searching how to do this and how to do this. And I'm hoping there's a hope writer out there who has a blog post that helps her. And that's the thing. Like we we have to write to help people when they're struggling. And so that's what Hope Writers is all about. Yeah. Well, I, I am a member of Hope Writers and I just have to say I've been very impressed with Obviously, the whole membership site, I love Kajabi. I'm a big Kajabi fan, too. But everything's just done so professionally. But then also the encouragement part is definitely there. So if any of you are needing a place to connect to other writers, definitely check that out. And I'll have those links in the show notes. Um, So, Brian, before we hop off here, if you want to just tell people where they can find you online, that would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. So I just, you know, it's my website, which is briandixon.com, B-R-I-A-N-D-I-X-O-N.com. I have a little quiz at the top of my site. And it will help you get clarity because I really believe clarity will give you the confidence to move forward. Because if you really struggle with confidence, 
the best thing you can do is get clear about your next step. So hop on over my website, take the quiz at the top. It's like takes 30 seconds and it'll help you figure out where you're stuck and what's your next right step. And uh, if there's anything I can do to, to help you, let me know. The, the best way to reach out to me directly is through Instagram. I love Instagram. We do, you know, Instagram messages all the time. So feel free to follow me on Instagram. It's just Brian J. Dixon. Send me a message. If you listen to this episode, send me a message and say, Brian, this is a question I still have, or this is something that helped me. And I, I'll, I promise I'll write you back. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I'd love to write you back and continue that conversation personally. Awesome. Well, thank you, Brian. And yeah, for those of you listening, all those links and places you can find him will will be in the show notes. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on and um, can't wait to get your book into lots of people's hands. Thanks, Rachel. Wasn't Brian full of wisdom and insight? I really did have an entire list of questions that I did not even get to ask him. So you really do want to grab his book, Start With Your People. And again, it was a fun read for me. I got it, I read it like over a weekend. It's one of those that was full of really rich nuggets of truth with a lot of fun application stuff in the back end of the chapter. So definitely grab that book. And don't forget to text the phrase Real Talk to the number 44222. And then you'll get to stay up to date on all the latest show details and goodies via email. And don't worry, that does not add you to an email newsletter list that you're going to get every week or anything like that. Okay, I just want to make sure you don't miss anything that's going on in the show. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.